the liquidation of all Charlotte Rush stores across the nation. Natural Light bringing back its very, very large pack of beer just in time for spring break. And the diagnosis told to us by Mr. Jeopardy himself, Alex Trebek, with a stage four pancreatic cancer. All those stories were very big for this week, but not quite big enough per se you. You like them, but not quite top 10 material for the week. So what stories are in that actual top 10? We'll get to those in mere moments on The Wrap-Up Show with me, Jay Cliffin Payne, from ThisIsTheConversation.com. And this is The Wrap-Up Show for the week ending March the 9th, 2019. And welcome to the show. I am Jay Cliffin Payne, as previously stated, and also previously stated, this is the wrap-up show. This is a show that wraps up all of the conversations we've had via our website, this is the conversation.com, and the social media attached to that website. Now, how does the wrap-up show and the whole conversation thing work? Well, every day, all day long, every 50 minutes or so, we are posting a brand new news story headline from various sources on our social media links. And all you have to do to be a part of the conversation and vote for this show, if you will, is to react to the stories as you see them, like them, love them, hate them, share them, reply to them. Do what you can do to engage with the stories on Facebook and Twitter and the stories with the most engagement get put into a spreadsheet. We weight some things down here and there and we come up with the actual top 10. And this week, actually 208 stories that we had listed, distinct stories. But the top 10 of the week that you say are what are the biggest stories that aren't necessarily what's been on the Chiron most of the day throughout the news coverage. That's how we operate. At least I operate here in the States. I work in news media, so I'm watching a lot of cable news and local news sources and seeing what's there and the bigger stories which are big for a reason uh, tend to wipe out some of the smaller stories and as we know from the way reporting works these days the smaller stories are getting less airtime less response so this is a way so we can throw out some stories from around the world we have a global presence and we let you guys know what stories might be interesting and then you tell me exactly which ones are the most interesting ones for the week as I said, most of the voting, if you will, happens inside of social media, and that's Facebook and Twitter. So for Facebook, look for This Is A Conversation. Also follow us on Instagram as well, at This Is A Conversation. And on Twitter, it is TH underscore conversation. When you see our stories, or I should say more of the stories coming from the sources, pop up in your feed, in that feed, just respond to them. And as we say, the most love they get, the most numbers they get in the contest. That's not grammatically correct, but sometimes I don't go that way. So let's go ahead and get into the top 10 for right now. Oh, by the way, there's three segments of the show. The first segment is the top 10. The second segment, we go over the almost irrelevant story of the week. That is the story at the very, very bottom of the list. Normally one of the latest ones posted, and that is exactly what happened with this one. But this is an interesting one that pops onto a theme that will once again get this podcast labeled as a blackity black, 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 black leaning podcast. It's not, but the story is pretty blacky, black, 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 black. We also will talk about our housekeeping in that segment, and we'll talk a little bit about how the evolution of the show has gone and some stories that how they get there and get ranked. In fact, we're going to go over some stories very quickly with some headlines that were pretty big that I thought would make it into the top 15 and didn't. We'll tell you basically what what. 16 through 20 are and why we think they didn't make it quite in. And then in the third segment, we will go over in better detail, not full detail like the top 10, but better detail stories that were just outside the mark of the top 10, 11 through 15. So now let's go ahead and get into the first story for the week and a story where we had a lot of celebrities dying, uh, it, which happens. This was one where some bigger ones and some not so big ones uh, popped up, but the ones that seemed to get the most attention, uh, this was one that sort of surprised me over some more. And I'll talk more about the more in the housekeeping segment as we talk about stories that don't quite make it in. But the number 10 story for this week, the headline I have is The Prodigy's Keith Flint Dies, Age 49. This happened and was posted on Monday, March the 4th. And the headline comes from the BBC News website, and it, of course, once we get the news, it gets published in various places. Not one of the larger names to talk about, because, of course, the Prodigy was a much bigger band nationwide, worldwide, I should say, 
probably a decade and a half ago, if not two, 20 years ago. But I'm going to read a few lines from the story that we have from the BBC, which I don't believe it was updated since the day. There wasn't much update in this one. Here's some lines from the story. The prodigy singer Keith Flint has died age 49. Instantly recognizable by his fluorescent spiked hair and known for high-octane performances, Flint sang lead vocals on both the band's number one singles, Breathe and Firestarter. He was found dead in his home in Dunmo, Essex on Monday morning. The band were due to tour the U.S. in May, confirmed his death in a statement, remembering Flint as, quote, true pioneer, innovator, and legend. In a post on the Prodigy's official Instagram account, bandmate Liam Howell added, quote, I can't believe I'm saying this, but our brother Keith took his own life over the weekend. I'm shell-shocked, angry, confused, and heartbroken. It emerged on Tuesday that Flint took part in a 5K park run in Chemslords two days before his death. Organizers of the run said he posted a personal best time of 21 minutes, 22 seconds, and said that he, quote, wished he could have been part of the Park Nun community for longer than he was. It goes deeper and deeper into the floods of fans and, and floods from the various uh, compadres, other musicians talking about what's going on. Uh, this is a story, as I said, there was a there was a lot of celebrity deaths and a lot of celebrities announcing some serious illnesses. So we'll skip past that because we have a lot to get through. But this is one, and I'll tell you, there's another one that's actually in the top 10 we'll get to in just a bit. Now we're moving on to the number 10 store, or I'm sorry, the nine story this week. That's how the numbers work. You count them down from 10 to nine, and sometimes, sometimes I can't count. But the headline for that story is, teen who said he was stopped by a black man pretending to be a cop charged with filing false police report. We get this from Essence Magazine's website, Essence.com. It was posted on Thursday, March the 7th, and this gets a bumper response. That means it was more responded to by you out there of 13.15%. That's how many more, by percentage-wise, people were active on this story than the previous story, the 10 story. A few lines from that article. We'll go ahead and get to that as well. A 17-year-old in Southgate, Michigan, is facing charges of filing a false report after she apparently lied about being pulled over by a fake police officer who she coincidentally described as a tall black man. According to the News Herald, 17-year-old Faith Gentry stood silent during an arraignment, refusing to plead either guilty nor not guilty. As a matter of routine, the judge usually takes this sort of silence as a not guilty plea. Her bond was set as $25,000, and she's scheduled for pretrial hearing on March the 8th. Last week, Gentry appeared on Fox 2 Detroit to tell a story after she says she was pulled over. Quote, I was coming down southbound down Fort, and this cop, there's air quote, there's quotes on cop, put his lights on, and I pulled over, she claimed. Gentry claimed that the man looked legit to her as a new driver, dressed with a badge on his shoulder and a button-up shirt with a gun in his belt. The fake cop, she alleged, told her that her blinker was out and that she couldn't see her license plate, things that made no sense to her as the car had been recently serviced. He then told her that she would get a ticket that would be sent in the mail. And so she goes on and on about the description of what's going on. Her description uh, that she gave to police was uh, kind of vague, which you would expect. Uh, a six-foot-tall black man, thin build, scruffy facial hair, drives black Ford Fusion uh, with police on the side, gray letters, blah, 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 blah. The problem is, it was all a lie. Now, while this doesn't necessarily fall into the um, wild black category, lying about people being black, I guess, uh, the, the, the thought process behind this is, Still pretty weird. No one's really come up with a real reason why this is the story she wanted to tell and why she would tell the story. But it's, it is a story that apparently y'all thought was w- worth talking about. It's number nine this week, so apparently we are talking about it. The next story we're going to talk about is in the eight spot this week. The headline is Ryan Adams cancels UK and Ireland tour. Friday, March the 1st, the date we posted this one, a 1.24% bounce from the 9 story. People more responding to that one. A quick couple lines from The Guardian, where we pulled the headline and the actual link to the tour. Ryan Adams' planned tour of the UK and Ireland has been canceled in the wake of allegations of sexual misconduct made about the musician. Quote, full refunds to ticket purchasers from authorized outlets will be produced at the end of the day on Monday, unquote. That coming from the ticket company said the tweet, the tour venues included the Royal Albert Hall, Dublin's Olympia Theatre, and the O2 Academy in Newcastle that all had the same message. 
On February 13th, the New York Times published a report containing allegations that Adams had exchanged sexually inappropriate messages with a teenage girl. The FBI announced in an investigation into their communications to determine whether Adams was aware of her age. The Times report also contained accounts from several women, including Adams's ex-wife, Mandy Moore, who alleged that he, quote, dangled career opportunities while simultaneously pursuing female artists for sex, unquote. Adams has apologized to anyone he hurt but described the report as, quote, upsettingly inaccurate. And so because of that, um, they're canceling the tour of the UK and refunding all money back from people who bought the tickets from, I'll say, legit places to the t- Ticketmaster places, um, things like that. Ticketmaster usually doesn't do stuff like that because they're kind of cruel and evil. Uh, but something as large as this one is a big deal. If you're a Ryan Adams fan, I don't know whether the news like this lets you continue to be a fan. We'll talk more about that much later, trust me. Uh, but um, this is a very serious thing for the man as a artist, the man as a man. And we hope that all this stuff gets cleared out properly and, of course, legally very, very soon. Let's move on to the number seven story this week. A very quick one uh, look over, but we're just going to do... We're going to do it because it's really whimsical and it's one of those things that we can dream about because we could really be this person. Although the odds are it's never going to be us, it could happen. The headline for the number seven story is 1.5 billion Mega Millions winner comes forward, says simple act of kindness led to the win. Monday, March the 4th, the date on this one, bump in response of 2.87%. From Channel 4, WYFF uh, here in the States, Let's read a few lines from the story that we have here. From the, It's mostly the transcript from the report, the video report. Some local stations do a video report and then just to transcribe it so it doesn't read very well. We're going to do our best to take this one. The winner of the $1.5 billion Mega Million jackpot has finally come forward. The South Carolina Education Lottery Commission announced that the winner of the $1.5 billion jackpot prize from October 23, 2018, Mega Millions Drawing, that was a handful has come forward and submitted a claim for the underlying prize. As allowed by South Carolina law, the winner has elected to remain anonymous and has chosen the cash option of a one-time payment of $877,784,124. It's the largest jackpot payout in a single winner in the U.S. history. Um, the commissioner said, quote, the winner marvels at how every decision made that day brought the winner to the store at that very moment to make the quick pick Mega Millions lottery ticket purchase. The winner even allowed a fellow customer to make a millions, Mega Millions ticket purchase in front of the winner while in line at the store. A simple act of kindness led to an amazing outcome. So there you go. If you want to get a little extra luck in your push for winning a big, big, big lottery prize, let a couple of folks go before you because... The actual winning ticket is two or three down the line. Now, remember, the odds of this thing are like um, hundreds and hundreds of millions to one that you'll actually get the six numbers for something like this. So don't take this as something you can take as gospel. But, yes, anybody can win this. You have to be in it to win it. But the reality is it probably ain't going to be you. Let's move on to another whimsical story. It's great to have more whimsical stories uh, in the headlines this week. Last week was really, really down, and this week not exactly better. There's some bad ones in the listing as well. But this is a week that we had some ones that we can really get kind of into, have a little fun with, because in the end, no one got hurt. And this is a case right here. Headline for number six. U.S. grandma who posed for a photo on an iceberg in Iceland had to be rescued when she floated out to sea. Real headline. Saturday, March the 2nd, the day we posted this one, a bumper response of 0.80%. Uh, the Straits Times got this one, so we're going to read a few lines from the World Edition, the World Series, the World part of the Straits Times. And you can go and see the picture of the grandma on the ice, floating ice, uh, by going to the website, thisistheconversation.com, and clicking on the link for this week's podcast, and you will see the links for all the stories and see the picture of the grandma. By the way, the link for this week, if you want to go straight to it, is wrap up 2019 That's how we label these things. But back to the story. A 77-year-old grandmother lived out her dream of royalty when she climbed atop a throne-shaped iceberg during a recent trip to Iceland. Judith String from Texas struck a regal pose on a hunk of ice that washed up on Diamond Beach in Jokolarsson, which I totally butchered, while her son snapped the picture. 
It was a moment of triumph for the magnificent Iceberg Queen, as she was later dubbed. That is, till a sudden wave dislodged the icy throne, sending Grandma adrift. When I got on it, it started to totter and wave when a wave was coming in, String told ABC News. A very large wave came in and kind of made the throne kind of a rock, and I could tell that it was slipping off. On Monday, Strun's granddaughter, Christy, posed the text and photos her father sent after the ordeal. Each photo shows Judith drifting further and further away from the camera. Lost her kingdom and she's adrift out to sea, Christine's father texted her. He added, no joke, a Coast Guard rescuer had to save her and bring her back to shore. Photos of grandmother's nautical adventure have garnered 666,000 retweets. Butchering numbers today by Friday evening. The daring grandmother told ABC News her rescue rescuer was Randy LeConte, a boat captain from Florida who witnessed her float away. He did not immediately return a request for comment Monday evening. So there you go. Sometimes we get something. You have it's it was a, a chance of a lifetime moment to take a picture, snap something like that, and also a chance to remind folks that people are actually dying taking really cool Instagram pictures. So on the flip side of that. Be wary of the dangers of the pictures you're taking. But if it's something that's safe and something that's fun and something that you can get a kick out of it, especially an extra kick after being rescued by the Coast Guard, that's a cool one right there. We're glad all is well for that one and glad that the grandma got a chance to live out the dream as the ice queen for the day and the floaty for a few moments. This is the second of two uh, deaths this week, celebrity deaths that popped up in the top 10. Uh, there's a, uh, there's a notable one that didn't make the top 10. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, but this one isn't in the five spot this week. Uh, the headline for it is Catherine Hellman, who's the boss and soap star dies at 89 March the 1st, Friday, March the 1st, the day we posted this one, 26.88% bumper response in the story. We got the, the link from variety. So here's a few lines from the story, which has been updated a uh, slightly since, um, it, it was originally posted early on Friday. Emmy-nominated actress Catherine Hellman, best known for a role on Who's the Boss, died on February 23rd at her Los Angeles home due to complications of Alzheimer's disease. She was 89. The star, whose career spanned more than five decades, plays matriarch Jessica Tate on Billy Crystal's primetime soap sitcom aptly titled Soap, which ran from 1977 to 1981. She now has four actress Emmy nominations for the role. Hellman portrayed another famous mom, Saucy Mona Robinson in another ABC hit series, Who's the Boss, 1984 to 1992. The role landed her two supporting actors and Emmy noms. Hellman had also recurring roles as Doris Sherman on ABC's Coach, up opposite Craig T. Nelson and Jerry Van Dyke, and Deborah Barone's mother, Louis Wellman, alongside Ray Romano and Patricia Heaton on CBS's Massive Fit, Everybody Knows Raymond. Everybody remembers her, and it's a it's a kind of a stark, remark, remarkable thing about the age of these people who are, you know, in their late 70s, this one late 80s, who, of course, can't live forever, and how back, how far back the nostalgia of knowing them is and just how old we are in the moment. Some of y'all may be millennials, but you guys are getting older than you think. Me being in Generation X seems like being really old. Uh, Some days I forget that I'm in my 40s when it it just seems like, you know, yesterday I was watching shows like Who Was the Boss and remember shows like Soap being on. So we are giving all our thoughts and prayers out to the family for Catherine Hillman, also for the family and the friends and the people who worked with Keith Flint as well. Uh, for the losses that they've had this this week. This one, Catherine Hillman, of course, was a few weeks back, but we got the news about a week later on that Friday, March the 1st, when this was posted. Moving to the number four story this week. This one's a serious one that the ramifications have not quite yet been determined yet, but what it really means, we can only find out later. 500 ISIS fighters surrender in group group's last Syrian enclave. Wednesday, March the 6th was when we posted this. This was a top Twitter story, as you would expect. A story like this getting the quick, rapid response from Twitter. This is one that didn't have to be led with time and sharing because the Twitterverse was picking things up in real time. A bumper response of 10.28% from the number five story. A few lines from the story from CNN. And then we're, I'm going to basically paraphrase a lot of this because it's it's kind of... Self-explanatory, but then again, it also is not. 
eastern Syria, some 500 ISIS fighters surrendered to U.S.-backed Syrian Democratic forces on Tuesday amid the final push to wrest the jihadist state from Baghus, its last remaining enclave in eastern Syria. The militants were among a wave of people fleeing fighting in the village near the Iraqi border, which has been pummeled by U.S.-led coalition airstrikes in recent weeks. CNN team was at a reception area on Tuesday where thousands were being processed, both militants and civilians. SDF spokesman Mustafa Bali said on Tuesday, on Twitter that 3,500 people were evacuated from Bahus on Tuesday alone. Aden Afurf, Afern, spokesman and commander of the SDF, told CNN that, quote, more than 6,000 people have fled or left Bahus within the past 48 hours and more are expected to arrive to the reception area. So breaking this thing down, we know there's a lot of just weirdness going on with um, ISIS in general in the region and with Syria. Of course, President Donald Trump announced that we're leaving Syria, just flat out say we're done, we're out of here, it's over. And from there, we had a a ramp up of action from folks that were actually ISIS, ISIL fighters or people who were just sympathetic to the cause in the general area. Well, apparently, uh, somehow all that all that commotion has petered out, and essentially the ISIL part of it have surrendered, have given up. That doesn't mean that ISIS is dead, and that people who sympathize with the cause aren't there, you know, living on or waiting for something else. That just means the the last major offensive, last piece that they were fighting for, essentially, has been surrendered to to the U.S. Uh, back coalition. As with these types of things. And I hate saying these people, but these types of people, these types of thugs, if you will, we'll see how it all plays out down the line and whether it's is a trap or it is just a a way to hibernate for a while because there's just no no juice left in the fight. Uh, They need to do whatever they do to bring up killing an idea and killing an idea and killing people are two very hard things to do. And sometimes the killing of the people to kill an idea just keeps the idea going stronger. We see this with neo-Nazis and just various fascist groups here in the United States where people want to emulate a group that have obviously done crimes against humanity. But for whatever reason, they align with the ideology, so they decide that's where they want to go. I can't explain it. I obviously can't do much to stop it, but bring it to its light. So that's what I can do. If you have any comments about what's going on and these type of things here, Feel free to talk about it at the website on thisistheconversation.com or email me at theconversationinbox at gmail.com. We can talk there as well. I do call it a, let's say it's a part of my job to warn you of these sort of things. And so if you hadn't heard by now, here's the headline. At 21, Kylie Jenner becomes the youngest self-made billionaire ever. From Forbes, we posted this Tuesday, March the 5th. And it's because a bumpy response from the four story of 64.12%. So it was more engageable than that story. Not necessarily more important, but more engageable. And we're not going to read the story because it's all over the place. But here's why it's more engageable. Kylie Jenner has become a self-made billionaire or become a billionaire on paper as it as it will. She unseats Mark Zuckerberg as the youngest person to do that based off his money made off of Facebook, which, of course, also paper because Facebook technically is probably not made any actual revenue. But the company and its worth based on stock market value is in the billions. Kylie Jenner, based on a lot of things she brings in, probably does have a billion dollars sitting in the bank someplace. The issue comes by calling herself made because Kylie Jenner is the uh, literally creation of Chris Kardashian and Bruce Jenner, now Caitlyn Jenner, um, born of famous people who were making money. And the one of the famous people making money is famous for making a lot of people not so famous or famous make a lot of money. So being that her mom is a person who helped create the empire that is the Kardashians itself. And so she's technically a Kardashian, although she's technically a Jenner. Uh, it, it's it's a little baffling that you're going to call herself a millionaire when she's more like a a a, a, a actor kid with a um, with a talent coach mom who's coaching her through everything. So whether she really did it self made is kind of debatable. The other debatable thing is does she do anything that's really worth a billion dollars? 
not necessarily on my end, but that's just me. And so there's a lot of debate on whether she's self-made, whether she's actually a billionaire, and should we even care about this. You can have those debates all you want to. I will have them with you if you like to. I just fall under the camp of Kylie Jenner does absolutely nothing for me, nothing for my immediate family, and I'm not sure why she even exists. But you people want to talk about her. So there you go. We can chat it up anytime you want to. As we said, email me at the conversation inbox at gmail.com or just chat with us inside of the social media link so we can really talk about this. In fact, there was a comment on this one where some lady was like, I, I just don't get it. I'm with you. I don't get it either. Let's move on to another story of gladness. This is one that we're a little slow on, as you, as we say sometimes in these stories, it takes a while for some of them to actually spread and be larger. They're not all as baffling, shocking as Kylie Jenner or as nationally immediate as the ISIS fighters giving things up. But this is one that a lot of people, when we got to it, were really glad we got to it. Uh, especially a lot of my friends out there who are following my conversations here and in my other social media pieces. And, of course, saw that this was a person, a great teaching moment. They really got a kick out of this one. Here is the headline. NASA renames facility in honor of hidden figure Katherine Johnson. Posted on Friday, March the 1st, a bump, a response of not very much, a .69, but just enough to make it the number two story and not the number three story this week. So that's basically it. We got this this um, article from the Atlanta Voice posted on February 27th. In fact, I may have actually posted this earlier on and it just took a while for another story getting picked up on this one. It seemed like a story I saw in the news. I'm not quite sure where they got posted. Did not obviously get into top 10 till just now. And so this is something that's been in the works for a while. So real quick uh, uh, into it, I can go deep into the story. NASA has redesignated its independent verification and validation facility in Fairmont, West Virginia, as the Katherine Johnson Independent Verifi- Verification and Visi- Validation Facility. Sorry about that. In honor of the West Virginia native and NASA hidden figure. Uh, this is something that Donald Trump, of course, had to sign off on. A lot of people are very happy about that. What's happening that's really, really cool right now is a lot of things are, that we're showing honor for are going to a lot of pioneering women, and it took a little while for women to get into the chance to be pioneering, and it's taken a while for us to realize the time from when they did their great things and what we got from it now that things are going on there. Today, as we record this on the uh, 8th of March, happens to be International Women's Day, and so there's a lot of things going on in the media that's popping up about women. There's a lot of things that are still popping about women that they shouldn't have to deal with, Me Too type stuff. And oddly enough, today is the day that Captain Marvel is released here in the States and most of the world, which may have been coincidence or may have just been a really, really lucky thing. But we're really glad to get a chance to honor great people in general, uh, this great person in particular. And it wraps up um, to be a bit... um, bit harsh and black, 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 black thinking it wraps up a black history month that had a couple of people who were basically trying to ruin the, the, the fact that we were black and we made history. So we're very glad to have this one as a very great thing going on and very glad to have Katherine Johnson doing all the great things she did for NASA way, way back when as well. It is now time to get to the number one story for the week. Let's do the stats first. Let's start off with the fact that we posted on Saturday, March the 2nd, so it had plenty of time over the last seven and a half, eight-ish days to gather some steam, and it did. It's the top Facebook story of the week. It is a bump of response from the number two story of 115%. From the number 10 story, it's bump of response, that's uh, Clint Flint's death, was 492%. And what we call the almost irrelevant story of the week, it's basically the lowest level story in the ranking, number 208 for the full listing from top to bottom. Its bump of response was, or I should say is, 126,000%. And that's because the last story was very, very low because it was very lately posted. But that's how much more people got into this one than the other one. So, headline... Texas man not sure why people don't like his house his house's paint job or home's paint job if I actually would read it correctly. And the headline from the actual article, because it was a Texas story, 
Pluggerville man, not sure why people don't like his home's paint job. This coming from CBS Austin, and why is this a big deal? Well, if you go to our website and look for the link for this week's article, you can see it for yourself. Of course, it's thisisaconversation.com. It's the main site. If you look for today's, this week's article, it's going to be under wrap-up 2019-0309. You will see that the man is, well, the man's house is painted pink, like Pepto-Bismol pink. Um... It's no reason just because they wanted a pink house. He bought it in November and painted it pink, including the roof, and it is pretty much an eyesore. He says it's his dream house, and his neighbors hate it. There you go. Go to the website and click on the link for this week's podcast, and you will see the link for the man in Plungerville, Texas, who doesn't understand why people don't get the house of his dreams. Because he dreamed it to be pink. There you go. And that's it. That was the most talked about, chatted about, sent around, responded to story of the week by leaps and bounds. And even though the story of last week on Solange buying um, buying Black Planet was pretty large, this one may actually make a run for its money. I didn't think it, a story that soon would be that big. But yes, this one was that big. We'll see how this pans out towards the end of the year. But you don't have to wait to the end of the year to see how anything pans out. You can be a part of the conversation this very moment. Follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation and follow us on Facebook at This is a Conversation. And when our stories appear in your feed, you just have to respond to them. You don't have to do much but like, love, share, hate, respond, reply. What you do with your normal stuff. Show your general outrage for people with pink houses. Show your love for Catherine Hillman. Do whatever you do as the stories come through. And as we said, we post from very different sources so it's not all mixed in the same and there we believe most of them are fairly on the up and up sometimes we get we get plugged by a couple here or there but they're basically mainstream media and we go from conservative to to liberal based back and forth but we try not to stay on the fringes and you'll see a story eventually you see a story that you'll just fall in love with or really really hate and you'll want to respond to it just respond to it in kind you can also Follow the details of what's going on on Instagram. Every day we are posting a Instagram a shot of the top five stories of the week, or I'm sorry, of the day, based on a, a rough average. We'll do the full thing. And we're going to start doing a top five posting on the website as well. So if you don't want to follow the Instagram, you want to get a bit more detailed, we'll have links to the stories on the website slide. And you can see that on every single day. Just look for the posting at thisisaconversation.com. We're still working it out. We did one for yesterday, and we're working out to make sure we do that four days a week. And then have the podcast wrapping up the week. And, and other than just keeping up with the numbers and maybe putting out little bits of the Instagram things, we're going to start taking some weekend time off because this is hard work. We appreciate all that you put into it. So we're going to keep making sure the weekend is there so you can keep adding to the things that are going through. But this is a big, a big chunk of effort to make it happen. Uh, we're glad you appreciate it, but we want to make sure that we can keep it going. So we are doing some, some life discovery, if you will, and trying to make sure that the things we're doing while adding great things to the website and to the service is not going to take away from us, our lives, our families in that way. And we appreciate all the love that you give us those ways as well and the support you give us for doing these things and for bringing it back because it was a bit of a challenge to bring it back. We're also working hard to bring back more interviews. We'll see how that works out. That is a logistics thing and time thing more than anything. But if you have anyone in particular that you'd like us to throw on the air who would like to talk about news because they have to be able to do the news stuff, just send that info to the conversation inbox at gmail.com. In just mere moments, we will be back to talk about Story number 208, the almost relevant story of the week with literally just one vote into the system. It was so quickly put up before we chopped off uh, the sinking of things. And we'll do some extended housekeeping, although we went a little long in this segment. I apologize for that. On talking about some more evolution of the countdown, how things get here. And we'll go into some very quick headlines and some things that didn't even get close to the range. And you can kind of decide what you think about that. From the wrap-up show with me, Jay Cleveland Payne. This is for the week ending March the 9th, 2019.
Warby Parker makes the eyeglass buying experience so simple. If you're near one of their stores, you can visit them and they can give you the full treatment right there and for that. But Warby Parker was funded on a idea that buying glasses should not be so hard, should not be so expensive. If you can get very low-cost glasses to people who live out in the middle of nowhere, people who are in isolated areas, and they can get very good glasses for very affordable for them, not just for any person, why can't you get very good or even great glasses for a great price without the hassle? In fact, the, the hassle isn't even necessary. You don't have to leave your home. You go to Warby Parker and place your order. They will send you five frames that you can test for free. Five different frames. And if you don't like those five frames, they'll send you five more frames to test for free. And once you finally find the pair of frames that you like, you can get a full set of glasses for as low as $99 from Warby Parker. And they're fashionable glasses. And they are great quality glasses. And they're your glasses without any hassle. Warby Parker takes care of everything from the point of the beginning to the very, very end. And if you're not happy, they'll keep sending you frames until you find the pair that you want. And when you find that pair, they won't be mad about it. They'll just send you a pair of glasses for as low as $99. For a great deal that we have that you get from Warby Parker, even better add-ons, visit our website and click on the links that we have at the website for Warby Parker. Now, we of course, the website is... This is a conversation.com slash Warby Parker. Direct link. This is a conversation.com slash W-A-R-B-Y Parker. And you can see exactly what's going on. They will take good care of you. They've taken good care of my family with their glasses. And I am so happy to trust them and so happy that they are trusting us to offer their great deal to you. So if you have issues with the glasses experience, Either they're too high or there's too much of a hassle. Warby Parker can help take care of you. This is theconversation.com slash Warby Parker. Check it out for a great deal. And check out all our sponsors on the website. But this week we're having a very special spotlight. And we're very, very glad that we have a sponsorship uh, action deal with this company. Of course, Warby Parker. Let's get the housekeeping out of the way first. And this is not controversial, but this is a big deal because I've been going through the processes we do for this this show. I go through processes for creating shows and, and newscasts and things every single day in my day part of my job in the radio. So I'm always going over what stories are in, what stories are out. And in those sense cases, it's literally a matter of this is the time amount we have for this cast or this show these are the stories that have come in that are interesting, not interesting, important, not important. This is how much each one t- takes, and this is how we're going to figure it out. It's a willy-nilly thing. We have some some reporter may think their story is more important than what the news director believes, and sometimes there's some battle back and forth. Sometimes we get some calls, because there's a talk station attached to it, where there's a bee in their bonnet on some sort of issue, so a story along that lines will find its way into the headlines, maybe not the top, but definitely inside of the cast. But that's a true uh, example of picking and choosing, going through the listing and making sure that everything fits inside of the newscast. It's not scattered, it's not crazy. You get the most news that you can, and it fits in whatever time lot you have. As we say around here, time cannot be created nor destroyed, but sometimes shifted to other places. So you ha- when you have a certain amount of time, you have to fill that certain amount of time with something. Here it's a little different. The original idea when I went to the wrap-up show concept of doing the top 10 for the week was to create a radio show. And so from there, there was time constraints on different blocks and whatever. Now I no longer have that time constraint because at the moment, the radio show idea is not viable. So I just basically segment it as I need to go and just try to keep it under an hour or around an hour, as you say. So there's all that. But as I tell you every single week, these are really uh, issues where you guys and your responses to what goes on in the Twitter and Facebook feed tells us what's going on. I'm going to read the the top um, 16 through 23 in now I'm going to read all through all the way to 25 in the stories per the ranking system that we have. We literally put them into a spreadsheet and 
at, they get weighted. The, the Facebook and the Twitters get weighted and added together and, and put into a ranking system to give us the rankings of what's going on based on how people get on these things. 16, radio stations banned Michael Jackson's music after leaving Neverland documentary. 17, those Southwest Airline $49 tickets to Hawaii are sold out with limited other cheap fares left. 18, explosive packages found at Heathrow, Waterloo, and London City Airport. 19, Ole Miss students vote unanimously to remove Confederate statue from Central Campus Center. 20, people in states where marijuana is legal are eating more cookies and ice cream. 21, R. Kelly in jail again after child support hearing hours after heated CBS interview airs. 22, Hall of Fame pitcher Tom Seaver has been diagnosed with dementia and will retire from public life, according to a statement issued by his family. 23, Steven Spielberg to propose Oscar rules that could keep streaming films out of contention. 24, women locked out of YouTube, Gmail, and Twitter for having the same name as pop star. 25, Amazon is closing all pop-up stores. Now, that is 10 stories from 16 through 25. We go, we give you the top 10 first, and in the next segment we'll tell you what fifteen and what 11 through 15 are stories that all aren't quite in that range. These are the stories, um, and I don't do the number, the bumper response, or any that 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 stuff for stories past 15, except for, of course, the, the very, very lowest one. So I don't have a percentage-wise going, but the numbers in range from 16 to 25 aren't that far off from the number ranges uh, right out of the 15 gate, and they stay pretty consistent. And because we've gathered a lot more interaction from you out there, a lot more new people following and getting into this, uh, they're very much, much higher in general. And these st- numbers are staying high. In fact, many of these, these stories, as I look at them on the daily numbers and throughout the week on the unweighted kind of quick looks, some of these stories I thought were going to be in the top 10, let alone they had a good chance of sticking around for 15. And, and like I said, some of these stories, the numbers are very, very close. So, you know, another half dozen here or there. And these stories could have been in rounding out your top 15, let alone maybe even in your top 10. So that's the housekeeping part for the day. There really is nothing out of the ordinary to talk about. But these stories, some of them were posted um, fairly early. Sunday is the earliest date I can see. In a quick look in the spreadsheet uh, from the cast off. So I basically take everything that I don't need off of it, the, my rundown sheet and they're on the side. So they're not as organized as the other things are for script purposes. But this is this is how it works out. Those are some very big stories. In fact, the Michael Jackson story that posted on Thursday was a real hot one. And I thought that was going to be hot enough to stick around. It did not, as many of these other ones are popping up. Our, our Kelly stories we thought they'd be big, but not quite as big as some other things that, of course, some had a lot of time to marinate. That story about the um, the guy in the pink house had a lot of time to spread, and it got on a lot of people's nerves, which is part of the reason why it was so popular. Word, I guess, is it, uh, that pertains to it. But that's the housekeeping for this week, how some of these things get here and how some things don't quite make it. It is literally based off the stories that you say. Not the stories I say, because it was based off some sort of these are the top stories. And then now I picked the very top of the top. There would have been other stories in the top 10. These are the stories that you pick. So if you want more proof of that, want to talk about it more, just uh, follow up with me via email at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. Reply to me via the website, this is conversation.com, or find other ways. Shoot me my personal email at jclippenpain at gmail.com. We will talk about it. Let's go to the almost irrelevant story of the week. We call it almost irrelevant because it is the lowest ranked story because it's usually one of the later stories posted before we have the cutoff. This one well, was posted uh, probably 10 minutes before the actual cutoff, so it didn't have a lot of time to get anything in there. And it was fairly early, so that helps or helps as well because the U.S. audience wasn't awake. But this is one that does follow a trend of while black which is why I said this may make it sound like it's a blackity black, 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 black thought podcast in the news. It is not. The link we got was from the BBC. It was posted on Friday, March the 8th this morning. This is the headline from the story. U.S. police detained black man picking up rubbish outside home. So he was picking up trash while black. A few lines from the story, as I said, written from this point of view of a standard British person from the BBC. 
Police in the U.S. state of Colorado have launched an internal probe after an officer detained a black man holding a rubbish picker in front of his building, U.S. reports say. Footage show the man asking an officer why he had drawn his gun. I don't have a weapon. This is a bucket. This is a clamp, said he said in the video taken by a neighbor. Police in Boulder said the officer had called for backup as the man was, quote, unwilling to put down a blunt object. Close the quote. Several more officers attended the scene before they determined that the man had the legal right to be on the property and took no further action, a police statement said. During the incident, the man gave officers his university ID and said repeatedly that he lived and worked at the shared occupancy building. One of the officers had been placed on leave while the investigation takes place, the New York Times reported. Earlier this week, Police Chief Greg Testa told Boulder City officials that it was a, quote, extremely concerning issue. Yes, it's extremely concerning that a black man cleaning up a yard gets almost arrested and has to it's 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 weird. I'm not sure what exactly is going on with with this. I am usually the last person to toss out racism in these issues, believe it or not. Um I call it obviously bad policing, but when it's obviously bad policing that targets more or less brownish people as opposed to other folks, it's a bad deal. It's like there are no white people who are doing weird things outside of stuff that are getting guns pulled on them anywhere in this nation. That's where my mind gets blown on this whole dealio. But I'm done with this dealio because we'll see what's happening. Um, we'll, we'll see if this one, because it was early today, picks up steam and becomes a story next week. And we'll discuss carryover stories next week in the in the story, in the part where we talk about the housekeeping if it happens. In the meantime, what will happen coming up in the next segment is shout outs. And of course, rounding out the top 15 next from the wrap up show with me, Jay Cleveland Payne from this is a conversation.com. This is the show for the week ending March the 9th, 2019. Your response to our daily posting at The Project Positive has been great. People are actually listening. So we're going to keep it up for another week. We haven't decided to take it through the weekends yet, but Monday through Friday, we're going to give you a dose of positivity to work take through, I guess, your work week for the most part. Although some people, like myself, work weekends often. But we'll give you five days a week to give you great motivation every single day. We're nailing down, getting it posted about 6.15 every morning. And we are working on putting together another website for it. We'll rebuild another website for it fairly soon. Right now, it is living off my main website just for a place to be. So if you want to get in on the love and the fun and the joy of the Project Positive, every single day we get a message for you. And you can see that and find ways to get to it by visiting the Project Positive on my main website, jclevenpain.net slash the Project Positive message. You can also just search for the Project Positive message because it is out there. It's been on it's been on iTunes for like eight years or something like that. It's been on a very long hiatus. I tend to do that. So you can find it on iTunes, find it on Stitcher, find it on Spreaker, find it on various other places. We are updating uh, the listing on where it will be found and putting out a new website for it fairly soon with some larger promotion on the issue. But if you're looking for some quick motivation, no more than six minutes or so. Sometimes I get a little rambly because I get a little rambly, as I'm doing now. Check it out at jclevelandpain.net slash the project positive message. That is jclevelandpain.net slash the project positive message. Or use your favorite catcher to pot it by just searching for the project positive message. It's got a brand new logo. We're working to make sure all the feed stuff is there. So we're printing it up. It's getting its own little 2019 feel to it. So hopefully you will enjoy it. If you're not enjoying it already, if you are, let me know. If you're not, check it out. Let us know how it's going for a quick bit of daily motivation. Even more of it from me, from the Project Positive Message. So let's go ahead with the shout outs for the week. Starting off on the Twitter side, and we had some some odd IDs popping up this week, but lots of love going back out to Virus Empathy, Child Free Libertarian, and Stuart V 
or five, maybe. I strike gold as well. Heidi M. Alford. Frank. Thanks, Frank. KRR3D Fox ON3, whatever that means. And Colleen M. Isa. Those are a couple folks that popped in this week on the Twitter side to give a little extra response to what had going on there. Going from Facebook, some shout outs going out to Christina Beavers, Clarence E. Springfield, Angela Carmichael, Deborah Lee Scott, Charles Johnson, Don Parker, Kwame Abdul Bay, Clarence E. Springer, and Valerie Parker. Those are just some of the people that popped in this week to share their love or love on specifically different posts from This is the Conversation on the Facebook page. Let's go ahead and get this thing done now for brevity's sake. Getting down to rounding out the top 15. So these are stories, as we say, not quite top 10 material, almost there for whatever reason. We'll give you a headline. And based on the story and how intricate words are failing me today, they are. We'll read bits and pieces from them to see how they go. You let us know if you should read more of them by letting us know via email at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. Story number 11 is the story from USA Today about the Charlotte Russ stores. Uh, closing and liquidating and i don't know if i'm butchering the name of the store it's not a chain that we have here locally we posted it on thursday march the 7th and it's something that's been in the news for a while that charlotte russ the store chain was going to um, close down a lot of stores but apparently the decision came late in the week to just shut them all down and liquidate every single store Uh, uh it's um it's one of those things one of the realities of the market today that there's probably too many retailers and maybe not enough retail stuff out there. Maybe there's maybe there is a, enough retail items out there to really go around as there's plenty of sales going through. But there's too many named retailers and too many locations, if you will, uh, that need to be kept together. They have 416 stores nationwide and starting on that Thursday as we posted this. Everything was being liquidated. All the sales were final. And last they used gift cards. It was going to be March the 21st. What, or 20, yeah, March 21st, all stores would be closed effectively April the 30th. So if you have a Charlotte Russ in your town nearby, you want to check it out because they are starting to, to do the whole fixtures and, and stuff type things if you're looking for and some great deals on things that way. A great deal also back just in time for spring break. If you are going to be on South Padre Island, you can get or basically a lot of places, get the massive 77-pack of beer of Natural Light. Natty Light is coming back with the 77-pack for your beer consumption, if you love cheap beer. Thursday, March the 7th, also today we posted on that one as well, and that one had a very high response, barely, just barely outside of the top 10. Uh, The number 13 story, Fatal Tesla Model 3 Crash in Florida Prompts Investigation by Federal Agencies. Tesla's having some issues right now, and this is not making things any better. We posted this on Sunday, March the 3rd, so it had a lot of time to play, and it got pretty high to 13 for the week in just fear numbers. We posted this link on Gizmodo. We're going to let you read that story from there about the um, the, the, the story. It's um, it, it gets a little deeper, and sometimes you can get it, a sense of it from the actual source that we have. There's a lot of not-so-love for Mr. Elon Musk. Uh, there's big issues, bigger issues he has going on with the company in general. But this is a really big thing, uh, just going through what is probably an issue of operator error. But the operators that he's selling to are still his responsibility, something that's out there. We had two stories this week involving Jeopardy and Alex Trebek. The one story that is nowhere near in the range because we had 208 different stories was a story on the Jeopardy tournament uh, style competition and the big win coming from that one, having a kind of a super uh, villain vibe with the, the two highest winning Jeopardy winners going head to head with their teams uh, for the final question. This one is one where we're not ready for the final question yet. Jeopardy host Alex Trebek diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer, which is a big deal. My wife, uh, who was diagnosed with stage three uh, uh, breast cancer now two years ago, uh, we went through a lot just in that one right there. Stage four is a much bigger level and a much serious case. And Mr. Alex Trebek has said he's he's in this fight to win. He wants to get back to doing what he does, and that's saying smarmy remarks on TV. The man in his 70s, I'm not, I don't have the story right in front of me, but of course he's got a new girlfriend, wife, a new relationship uh, that he's had for just the past um, couple of years. 
uh, and he wants to keep living. And no one should should fault him for wanting to keep doing what he's doing. If I haven't said it yet, we posted it on Wednesday, March the 6th, when this was posted. And so uh, we have thoughts and prayers going out to Alex Trebek uh, this week. Also, uh, the number 15 story uh, is ship leaks tons of oil near Solomon Islands in Pacific Ocean. This one we got from NBC News. But this is a story that is, of course, a, a national, international disaster uh, for the wildlife there. Please check out the link there for uh, a link at the website for this week's podcast where you can see more about the story. I forgot something in the last segment for the housekeeping. So very quickly, I want to go back to another death this week and one that had a lot of people thinking seriously about their mortality. It was the death of Luke Perry, currently playing Archie's dad on Riverdale and played Dylan McKay, man with no dad, on 90210 way back in the day. He was also in the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, the funny movie, before it turned into the phenomenon that it was. So Perry died of a stroke, a massive stroke, at the age of 52. And some people have said that 52 is a very young age to have this type of thing happen, which most people say it is. But it's not uncommon these days for people even younger to die of these things. Rare, but not so much uncommon. So, number one, make sure, you, make sure you're getting checked out health-wise as well. But it's a really weird mix of mortality for some people who actually grew up alongside this guy uh, because... I grew up alongside this guy because we're in the general same age range. He's on the higher end of the Gen X folks. But uh, it's something that makes you, I me mean, really, really think clearly about what I need to do to take care of myself. I was supposed to mention it in the housekeeping segment, but I didn't. And so I want to make sure that it got plugged in here. And hopefully we don't go too long today because of it. So make sure you check that out. And that story wasn't even in that that range because it just wasn't. There were so many things happening. And, in fact, on the day we posted on Luke Perry, I believe it was the same day we posted about Keith Flint and about Catherine Hellman. So within the same batch of days, we posted the earlier story where I'm having, with him having the stroke. And then we posted the, him actually passing as well. But um, neither of those stories, because we had 208 of them to go through, got into the range top enough for these things. As we said in housekeeping, the range for those 10 that we said that went from 16 to 25, very close in number, very close in percentage-wise in response uh, from the ones that barely missed the top 10. So we have a lot of stories we are sifting through now, thanks to all the responses we're getting from you out there, and we're glad for that. But also, as I said, I don't curate the stories. They come straight from the numbers. So what it is you want to hear is what we're talking about. And at this point, I'm done talking because we talk about everything that you want to hear. So we're going to wrap things up for the wrap-up show for this week. I am, was, and will be for quite some time, Jay Cliven Payne, until I come up with another really cool fake name that you guys might like. And this was the wrap-up show for the week ending March the 9th, 2019. We're so glad you joined us for the show. Make sure you join us in the actual discussion by following us on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook, it's This is the Conversation. Instagram, it's This is the Conversation as well. Twitter, it's TH underscore Conversation. And our main website is ThisIsTheConversation.com. Of course, if you follow us on Facebook and on Twitter, it does the work for me, so I don't have to do very much but added some numbers into a spreadsheet. But it tallies up all your responses, all your reactions, your likes, loves, hates, shares, and your replies to all of the stories we post, the links, at least we do, in the week. So you can vote that way, and then we put it together in a spreadsheet and give you the top numbers. Follow us on the website. as doing a better job of giving you links to the daily top five. And, of course, that's where you find the podcast. Unless you want to catch it on your own pod, you just go to the podcast of your choice and look for the wrap-up show with Jake Cliff and Payne, or if there's links at the website to get to there as well. And to have the best conversations with people in the world, we need your help. We need you, number one, to subscribe to the podcast yourself so you don't miss it. And number two, help other people find it by sharing it with folks, share it with friends, share it with strangers, share it with random people you see on the street. Grab their phones, plug it in, just subscribe it to them, hit play, hand it back to them, Tell them you're welcome and run, run very fast because they'll be so into the new podcast, they won't have time to talk to you. So, and you have you have plenty of other people to subscribe for us. They will enjoy it. Trust me, they always do. Contact us by going to the website, thisistheconversation.com, or sending us an email at theconversationinbox at gmail.com, or find me specifically, or specifically, if I say it wrong, at jclevenpain.net or jclevenpain at gmail.com. In about seven and a half, eight-ish days, we'll be back with another one 
of these here podcasts going over the top 10 stories that you told me you wanted me to talk about. And that's why that happens. So keep on voting, keep on reading, keep on conversating, keep on being you, which is the best thing we need you to do is keep on being. We can't do this without you and we need each and every one of you here every single week. Thank you so much for being a part of the conversation. Uh, we'll have more great ones. We are hoping to have great ones coming up next week. So from thisisaconversation.com and all the great folks behind that effort, once again, I am Jay Cleveland Payne with a wrap-up show for the week ending March the 9th, 2019.